Firstly, this is my second time recording this introduction to this episode because I didn't realise that my, like, headphones are still connected to my phone. They're on Bluetooth, so obviously I don't see them connected to the phone. So I figured, oh, let me just start recording. No, because my headphones are on my bag. And so... (laughs) So I have another intro and you can barely hear it. But the long and short of it is, and this is the second point here, this episode is late. And I'm I'm very sorry about that. I, I wish I had a better excuse, but the long and short of it is I've been sleeping a lot lately. I don't I don't know. I don't know why. I thought for a second, maybe, do do I have coronavirus? Is that a thing? Do you sleep? I googled it. Apparently not. Um, I have no idea. I, <laughs> it all started on, on Saturday night. I was really, really, really tired on Saturday night. And I was like, I'm going to record. I'm going to record. And then I didn't. I fell asleep. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to record, I'm going to record on Sunday. And I managed to do diverse verse and I got that edited and everything. And then I fell asleep because uh, I was going to do the podcast and I fell asleep and it was a mess. Um, anyway, this is just a long succession of me falling asleep at times I intended to record this podcast, but now I am awake and I am recording this podcast consciously so, I mean, we did it, kind of. kiss left me in flames your fingertips remain on my mind scorched onto my skin my heart is cheerful char and I fly all the way home across the orange sky I wrote that on the way home on Saturday and I almost missed my bus stop because I was so distracted by what I was writing and what I was thinking about and (laughs) I was um okay you know what so you know you know I'm, I'm a little bit psychic right I mean, some of you may just be playing along and being like, oh, she's doing her card shit again. Oh, God, not this. Well, it's real, kids. And and I know this. I have proof of this, concrete proof of this, because I, I mean, oh, my God. Okay, so, you know, last time when I did the reading on the show, right? It was a couple of weeks ago now. We're due for another one, actually, um, 
pretty soon. I'm excited for that. I'm going to see what else I can find out about my own life. Um, so, obviously, I did a little bit of the, you know, general stuff. You know, what's going to happen. But then also a little bit of love stuff. A little bit of romance, you know. And I found out some things. The pile that I picked, there were some things in there that were about, a kind, you know, the kind of person that I was going to ask going to meet. And, and, you know, have romantic times with, right? Now, one of two things has happened here. Either I really am a psychic and I have, to all intents and purposes, manifested this person into my life. Uh, yeah, and they've come towards me and I've seen it in the future because I'm a powerful psychic or this person listens to this show listened to the show before they started talking to me and is like podcast stalk their way into my life <laughs> or not, like like you know like like they've they've listened to it and they've been like okay so she said this person would have this this and this I'm gonna pretend I have all these things and and date her but i i don't feel like this i i don't think they could pretend that convincingly i mean that would be a lot to keep up really um but the long and short of it is i like this this person and they were like yeah i listened to your podcast and all those things that you said about that this person would have i have those things i am those things and I did a little reading for myself recently. It said I'm going to meet a Leo. They're going to be very... A Leo. They're going to be significant. I'd know them when I see them. And, well, I did. I met a Leo. And, and also, this person is all the things I said about in the psychic reading. I, anyways, I'm a psychic. And all the skeptics... Well, 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 I bet you feel like boo-boo the fool because, mm, just call me Miss Cleo, call me Raven Simone, call me Mystic Meg, but like I want a more glamorous name than that. Um, yes. Oh my God. But I, it's, it's just, it was interesting to me and I was just writing about it on the way home on Saturday and just thinking about it and, um... I've never been out with a Leo before. I'm I don't know why, but for some reason I tend to attract earth signs normally. Um, uh, particularly Taurus and the occasional Capricorn, although the less said about that the better. Um, and so it's it's weird, it's a different kind of energy. And I'm like, mm, okay. Alright, let's see. That's wild. Um but I mean, it's weird because a couple of times when I've done readings for myself, it's come up with Leo and I kept thinking, mm, really? I, I don't know any Leos. That's weird. And then when he said he was a Leo, and he said it, by the way, like he, he, he said it like, and he wasn't even just humoring me, you know? Like, he wasn't being like, oh, she believes in horoscopes. That's so cute. Like, he, he was taking shit seriously. It was nice. 
it was nice not to be spoken down to because I believe different things. It was it was a comforting experience. When he said he was a Leo, I was like, oh, oh, Brian, did you hear that? Brian's the spirit guide, remember? Oh, Brian, God. Mm. He's a Leo. Is that who you meant? Oh, okay. And it was it was enlightening. Truly, honestly. But yeah, we love to see it. Um, I'm having a good time. Yeah, it's been good. Um, now I was just on the bus, thinking about it and being, you know, that girl sitting there, <laughs> sitting there smiling for no reason. But no one could tell because I had a face mask on because it's the law now and shit. And I'm, I'm a good citizen. I'll wear it, you know. I've had to... Do you know what I've had to do? Because normally I would wear my lip gloss, obviously, but that's not really compatible with a face mask. So when I'm wearing the mask, I, I'll be like, okay, I'll put on some lip balm. But it stresses me out because I'm thinking, is this going to last the whole time I'm wearing this? What if, what, what if it fades away? You know, because I have my thing. I, I don't know if I've ever explained this, but I have this thing I hate hate my lips being dry like I can't stand it I really really can't I think it stems from this one moment that I can pinpoint in my life I was 15 I think I was taking one of my mock exams and you know exams take forever right so my lips felt really dry and I'm thinking oh it's okay this will be over soon it'll be fine it was not over soon and I had to go through this whole thing and it felt like time was taking forever. I couldn't focus on the exam because my lips felt dry and I just wanted to die. And then since then, I have never been without like a lip balm or a lip gloss or something to keep these babies moist. I know that women are supposed to hate the word moist. I have no real strong thoughts one way or the other. But if that was upsetting for you, I'm very sorry. Anyway, how did I get... How did I get to lip? Ah, I always do this. Oh, no, 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 I remember. Yeah, so I'm a psychic. This Leo guy's kind of cool. I'm living a good life right now. I'm feeling very peaceful and very confident and very blessed and beautiful and stuff. It's quite nice. If it wasn't for the pandemic, everything would be cute, right? Wrap your roses around my wrist, stinging, shining under the familiar and friendly moonlight, painting my initials across your palms with lip gloss that will last. My glitter lingers in your sheets like the heavy smoke that watches us from outside your window. You taste of trouble the divine kind and I am just a little bit addicted 
wearing a necklace, bracelet, jewelry set made of your fingerprints. I come when you call me, tangled and tingling at the end of the phone. I am bewildered in your bedsheets, wrapped in ribbons. My rushing thoughts hurry out as hurtling breaths, and I can't think of anything but the softness of your voice. Your touch softens and I am alight. Then you are deliciously rough with me and I am anxious energy, wanting you to want me. Watching you with eager eyes, impulsive and lost to longing. You let me belong to you. I am unafraid of your authority, just the right side of bratty, but always agreeable when the time is right, when your tone is sublime. I am glowing long after you've gone, wrapped in my ribbons and your fairy lights. Well, my Catholic guilt felt that one. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) I, I, um, those are actually two different poems. Uh, The first one is Tamed and the second one is Ribbons and Fairy Lights. Originally, they were separate, obviously, um... But I, I put them together when I was recording and editing Diverse First because I wanted to include both and they're both quite short. So I thought, mm, let me just put them together and see what happens. Because <laughs> um, they're, they're very similar in, in theme, mainly because they're about the exact same thing, just written on different days. That's really the only difference. Um, because I, you know how I am when I get an idea stuck in my head or a thought or a memory. Um, and so, <laughs> so I, um, I wrote those uh, sort of within 24 hours of each other. But I, I was looking at stuff to read on, on the radio show and I thought, mm, these work really well together. Let's do a mashup. Can you do those in poetry? Well, I don't care. I'm doing it because I'm the boss of that one particular thing, obviously. Not of anything else. But I <laughs> so I, I put them together and, and it just it worked. You know, it just really worked. Um, but it's, I mean, I'm a very... Uh, audio receptive person if that makes sense like I'm very I like hearing things but like um obviously because I make so much audio stuff I think I felt that was kind of obvious anyway wasn't it um but also I just I'm very um I don't know what the word for it would be once again I remain the the 
the most illiterate and inarticulate writer that you've ever seen. Um, but I, I, I like kind of um, sensory stuff. Like I, I like feeling things on my skin and it's just a nice feeling. And I like, you know, I, I like that a lot. And so I was just kind of writing about that and different experiences and how it can manifest. And um, okay, hold on. Anyone like who's blood related to me, you should pause for like 30 seconds. Okay? Promise? If you don't, then I'm going to know. Okay? Are they gone? Okay, okay, they're about sex. They're about having sex with people. Okay? There, I said it. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. Don't judge me. Oh my God, I think my family are coming back. I don't, do you know, I don't actually know if they listen to... <laughs> I think maybe they listen sporadically. I know they listen to the radio show more than they do the podcast because I think they, they understand how radio works better than they do podcasting, which is a blessing, really, um, because I, I certainly talk about more things here than I do there, which, you know... <laughs> Anyways, now we all know what that's about. I'm just I'm just gonna move on to the next segment like nothing happened. late because there is so much drama that I would have missed had I recorded this over the weekend like I was supposed to. Um, where do I even begin? Where the fuck do I start? Okay. Okay. Um... I'm I'm just I'm gonna scroll down my my tweets and see what I've talked about in the last week. That will that will help me. Okay, Scottish Labour, more drama. The drama never ends. <laughs> okay, they've actually had a lot of drama this week, so I'm gonna try and squish it up into one little bit. So, firstly, there was a vote of confidence in Richard Leonard, and he won somehow. Um, okay, so he's staying to steer the ship, even though 
half the electorate doesn't know who he is and half his party appear to hate him but not enough to do anything about it it would appear okay he then had more drama to deal with because um oh god scottish labor students um apparently sparked outrage although to be honest i didn't really see anybody but sort of a handful of Tory accounts and journalists from the Sun talking about it so I don't know how outraged people actually were and I don't know if that's because people agreed with Scottish Labour students or because it's Scottish Labour and nobody cared um but anyway um so the Scottish Labour students Twitter account retweeted a post about a trans pride march in London um where um they talked about police officers being um, unfair to protesters and intervening unfairly, uh, which was, uh, that happened at Trans Pride in London. There was a lot of people that felt like the police were being heavy handed and that they were essentially getting in people's business for no fucking reason. Um, and so Scottish Labour students retweeted a post about it. And then they, they tweeted, to be clear, ACAB which stands for all cops are bastards and huh some shit kicked off the scottish sun wanted answers about this they were mad about it they wanted to know what scottish labor were going to do um scottish labor were previously listed as an affiliate group on the Scottish Labour website but have now been removed um but at a time when Scottish Labour were asked for comment Scottish Labour students were still on the website but Scottish Labour were like nah mate they're nothing to do with us they're not affiliated what we don't know them so that was kind of weird um People have kicked off because Richard Leonard's following them on Twitter. To be honest, it seems... It's very storm in a teacup, if I'm using that phrase correctly, which I may or may not be. I don't really know. But it's, it's one of those things, it's like, is this really a big deal? It's like drama for no reason, drama for the sake of drama. Um, Scottish Labour has now removed Scottish Labour students from its website. Uh, they did give a statement. Um, <laughs> they did make me laugh, I'm not going to lie. Um, it was, oh, where is it? Let me find it. Obviously, this does not reflect the view of Scottish Labour or Richard Leonard. <laughs> Oh, my God. I just... I mean... Can Scottish Labour go one day without drama? Like, can they? I... It's just... Ugh, just a cringe, cringe party. Um, My nearest coronavirus testing centre is shut. They're closing it to make way for a lorry park for post-Brexit custom checks. The Ebbsfleet COVID-19 test centre is being closed to make a lorry park for post-Brexit custom checks. Um, great. 
fabulous this thing i didn't vote for impacts my life yet again amazing um it now means that if i do happen to have symptoms i need to go to fucking ashford i don't even know where ashford is it's on the other side of kent where i live i i mean i suppose i could go to london but do you know what? why am I even talking like I'm gonna to go to any of these places I can't drive and you're not allowed to go on public transport I'm just gonna to have to get them to send me a home test if I get it but so far I have been symptom free so I feel like I'll probably be fine <laughs> okay um what else happened um oh god okay um Charlie Elphick uh, who you may remember uh, was found guilty of sexual assault. He's a former Conservative Member of Parliament. Um, he was sentenced this week to two years. Oh my God. And something really horrible came out of the sentencing hearing. Um, Tristan Kirk, who is a courts correspondent for the London Evening Standard, tweeted, At the Charlie Elphick sentencing hearing, his lawyer says, A serving MP has come forward in the full knowledge that Elphick has been convicted of sexual assaults to offer a statement of support. The identity of the MP or possibly MPs has not yet been revealed. What kind of person do you have to be to offer a statement of support to a man that you know for a fact has been convicted of sexual assault? Not once, but twice, because there were two different victims. I. What kind of a person do you have to be? What the fuck? I swear, some of these people are on another fucking planet. It's disgusting. Um, I'm very glad that uh, he has been sentenced. And I hope that that will bring the victim some closure. Personally, I feel like two years is definitely not enough. Um, especially the, the victim statements... Um, the impact statements, I I don't want to tell people to look them up because they were quite upsetting to read. But I think it will give a greater understanding of, of what these women went through. It was horrific and it was a lasting ordeal. And I think... I think two years has taken the fucking piss, really. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not just saying that because he's a conservative and I ideologically disagree with him. But I think for any any kind of crime of that nature that has an effect like that, I think two years is, is insulting, personally. Um, but at least at least he is being punished and that's something to be thankful for um i am hoping that other victims who may be 
were in similar positions to the victims who got their justice this week, but maybe feel that they can't say anything or they can't come forward because they're afraid of taking on someone powerful like him. I hope that this gives them the confidence to to come forward about what has happened to them. I, I think maybe that will be one of the only good things to come from this. Um, yeah. Fuck that bitch, basically. Um, oh, fuck. I forgot about this. Okay, so... <laughs> Catherine Blakelock, I believe her name is. I don't know how to say it. She's irrelevant anyways, but still. She founded the Brexit Party or some shit. And she's on the Twitter. <laughs> uh, so she tweeted a news story about um, people who had arrived in Kent from Calais. And she tweeted it with the caption, Men, 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 single men want sex. When it's not available, they tend to harass, rape, cause violence, upset societies. Now... Fussy, what the fucking hell is this tweet, man? I... Jesus. What I find so interesting about a lot of these Brexiteers who are convinced and these far-right types who are convinced that anybody coming to the UK is a rapist waiting to happen is that a lot of the time they don't really have much to say about sexual crimes happening here in the UK. I haven't seen this woman talking about sexual crimes happening here in the UK by British-born people. And yet she makes the assumption that every single person coming to the UK as an asylum seeker who is a man is a rapist. I mean... No? No. 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 Anyway. I just feel it's maybe not about keeping women safe and more about her racism, but there we are. Mm. What else has been going on? Oh. Did I talk about... Mm. Okay, so... So, the the government are at it again. The internal market bill that they claim protects the union, preserves peace in Northern Ireland and ensures trade access across the whole country. No. <laughs> Goal, no. Um... So, um, my gods, my fucking god. So, I mean, I, they, 
basically, the Tories have decided they don't like the withdrawal agreement that they negotiated and they all voted for. So what they're going to do instead is break international law a little bit and do something else, basically. Um, and, and I mean, that passed at, at Westminster, so that's fucking great. It also has a lot of um, negative uh, issues for devolution breaks international law um it's just it's not it's it's not good obviously um and because boris has got that fucking majority unfortunately so it's going ahead for now uh ed Miliband dragged boris johnson which was very nice to see uh, I imagine it probably would have been Keir Starmer, but Keir Starmer is currently self-isolating because a member of his household, um, I think, I think tested positive or has symptoms and is waiting for a test. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. But either way, sending love and light to Casa del Starmer, and I hope that you're all okay over there. Um... But yeah, Ed Miliband dragged that bitch, which was very satisfying. Um, but unfortunately it did, it did. It has it was voted on and the Tories won. Um so I guess we're gonna be breaking international law a little bit. That'll be cute and fun and horrible. Um I just I mean, every time something like this happens, it's like I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. You know what I mean? It's very that. Uh, we're only allowed to meet six people now. We're only allowed to socialise in groups of six. The rule of six, they're calling it. Um, okay. We could all start podcasts to keep all of our seventh friends updated, you know. I'm sorry you can't be here, but here's what we did and here's what happened. There we are. <laughs> um, and there is um, an idea floating around, according to the Times. Uh, ministers are considering setting up a hotline so that people can ring up and basically grass on their friends and neighbours if they're not following the rules. And what I found interesting was that there were a lot of Tories who were very outraged at this idea and they were very upset at the idea of people snooping on their friends and neighbours, but they had nothing to say when that was happening to benefits claimants, for example, you know. So it's fine to snoop on disabled people and, you know, try and catch them not being disabled enough so you can take away their money, but okay that's that's interesting i'll uh i'll remember that that's interesting um oh <laughs> ukip's leader's been suspended <laughs> uh freddie what well, he he's upset 
He's not happy. He did a little Twitter statement about it. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't care enough to delve into why he was suspended or the the what's and the how's. Because it's fucking UKIP and nobody cares. Anyway, Neil Hamilton uh, is is running UKIP for now. It's UKIP. It doesn't fucking matter. It, if people are still paying their subs to UKIP and getting scammed, I feel bad for those people. But they're not my problem. Um, <laughs> they they are, I mean, it's UKIP, man, who cares? Um, oh, we've got a trade deal with Japan. Hooray. There are a lot of people saying, oh, Remainers, Ramonas, oh, they're going to be so sick over this. They're going to be so angry. <laughs> we got a trade deal with Japan. Okay. Okay. I mean, it doesn't replace all the trade we're going to lose with Europe. But, I mean, I'm happy about it. Because maybe it'll mean I can get my animes quicker. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice treat for me. Get a couple manga books over here quicker than I normally would. Some of that sweet Japanese candy. Because you know they do it better. I'm okay with that. But I'm not going to sit here and delude myself. And pretend like it completely replaces the trade we're losing with Europe. Because it doesn't. So... Okay, you know, um, oh, Scotland released a a tr- a track and trace app thingy, um, for people's phones. So you can use it as part of the track and trace system. Um, it's separate to everywhere else in the UK, obviously. So, you know, I I would imagine it, it 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 works in Scotland. Is is the point, um. England still doesn't have one. Yeah, they promised us a world-beating system. But the only thing we're beating the world in is losing. Um, um, So, England doesn't have one, Scotland does. Scotland appears to be doing better than us in pretty much every respect of pandemic response. I'll be surprised, no. Um... I guess that's what happens when the leader of your country is actually there because they're good at it rather than just because they scam their way into the job by stabbing everyone in the back. So, Nicholas Sturgeon, if you're listening, hi, uh, big fan. Um, If you want to just come down just take over that'd be cute or you could you know you could just scoop me up take me take me back with you i i'm i'm happy to to live there it's fine i mean my wardrobe is not really built for your country's climate but i could shop i could go shopping you know i could you know i please i beg of you i'm I mean, you know how it is, sis. You know how it is. Um, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Um, the Taxpayers Alliance have apparently declared war on Welsh politicians. <laughs> They tweeted, the last thing Welsh taxpayers need is more politicians. 
What the fuck has it got to do with you? Some fucking scammy think tank in London. Leave Wales the fuck alone and mind your fucking business. Like, what is that? What the fuck is that? And it's cheeky as fuck to be saying, oh, Wales has already got enough politicians. How terrible Wales getting more politicians. They've barely got any when you consider how many England's got. I mean, come the fuck on. Leave Wales the fuck alone. Leave them alone. I mean, you know, it's okay to get 30 new peers in the fucking House of Lords, but Wales can't do what it wants. Shut up. Shut the... I fucking hate the Taxpayers' Alliance anyway. I can't stand those bitches. Um, Extinction Rebellion did some stuff, but frankly, you probably don't care. And neither do I. I mean, I want to save the planet and that. But everything they do just kind of seems excruciatingly middle class person going on a protest for the first time. So I just, I can't. I I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. It's just, it's too cringe for me. Um... Oh, and the festival of Brexit is still happening, apparently. Uh, They're planning on creating a big event comprising of 10 different projects around the UK, and they think it's going to heal the union and heal the UK. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Sure, Jan. Nothing changed, except me, the very last of those girls who skipped, so drunk, so hopeful, so unaware, down the royal roads to imagine our lives could be whatever we dreamed of. Now the girls are gone. They're fine, I imagine. We send digital hearts online to say, hey, I'm not dead, glad you aren't either. I have returned, unlike a copy of Mansfield Park that I'm almost sure I owe fines on, as well as an essay that I forgot to finish, I have returned. The very last, the very loneliest of those Greenwich glamour girls, unable to get what I need from a screen or the streets. I tried the library, seeing myself on seats and shelves, surrounded by myself. I sighed, slumped against the serene scene of where I grew, and imagined my life could be whatever I dreamed of. And I dream again, hoping I get it right this time. I was thinking about that the other day because I was talking to someone about going to Greenwich and then I thought about that, which I wrote the last time that I went to Greenwich. It was 
years ago at this point, maybe two, two years ago, um, I was wearing a blue cardigan and um, I did a Snapchat video on the bench by the fountain. I don't remember how long ago this was. I I just went up there one weekend to write and I just sat on the campus for hours and hours and hours just thinking about when I was at university and my friends and the people that I loved and how we were all so sure that everything was going to be perfect and we were always going to be with each other and how none of that really happened but it wasn't anyone's fault and I was okay with that I was just on my own and I wasn't really sure of what I was doing and where I was going and I don't really know uh, what to do so I just wrote about it Um, and I thought about who I wanted to be and who I always thought I would be how different they were in a way I miss it terribly I really do I think I don't know I think maybe I'm tricking myself because sometimes I think back to when I was there and I think that was the happiest days of my life and I was so happy all the time but there were great periods of that time where I was very unhappy um (laughs) I think sometimes your memory tricks you and you think that you were far happier than you were because you don't remember the bad parts as much do you you don't sit and reminisce about that um but there were some parts I do miss very much. Some places. Sometimes people, but... Mainly... Getting the bus... From... Round by the gate. When it was dark. And I could see all the street lights and all the people standing up because it was always too busy to sit down. But I didn't mind because I felt happy. Getting the DLR sometimes if I had a bit of extra money and I felt fancy and I didn't want to spend forever getting home getting the DLR down to Lewisham and then getting a train and feeling like one of those girls in the movies you know or if I was feeling real fancy walk up to North Greenwich Station (laughs) um and then go on the tube all the way into town and get a train back out (laughs) to the like the part of London I actually lived in. I do miss it sometimes. I'm very achingly nostalgic.
Bloody hell. Right, I should start this by saying I do not watch Britain's Got Talent because I just, I don't care for it. It's not my kind of thing. And that's okay. You know, it's not like everyone has to make TV for me, you know. But anyways, there was this big kerfuffle about it because a group called Diversity, who I think won it before, maybe, I don't know. Anyways, this group called Diversity came onto Britain's Got Talent to perform a uh, a dance number. They're a dance group. Um, and so they did a dance number. Um, parts of it were about coronavirus. Parts of it were about... Um, how society is changing in response to coronavirus, you know, how people are spending more time together, work-life balance is better and things like that. But it also mentioned the Black, Li- the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, people protesting against racism and police brutality and the role that racism plays in police brutality. Um, I've just watched the video right because all week I've seen people debating it you know there was thousands of complaints about this this dance right um sent into ITV which the channel that airs Britain's Got Talent there was loads and loads of complaints there was people on social media kicking off about it people being interviewed on TV about oh it's controversial oh no it's actually good oh it's controversial no it's actually good I don't understand what people are upset about I've just sat and I've watched the video. I mean, I was watching everyone's reactions to it without really knowing the context, I suppose. But having just watched the video, I don't understand what everyone is angry with. Are they angry because these guys acknowledged that racism was a thing? And that in 2020, there was a big campaign to raise awareness of that because I mean those are just those are just facts it's like facts historical facts it is a fact that in 2020 there was a big resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement uh, which originally started in I believe 2013 uh, but it really kind of came back to the front of the public consciousness in 2020 that's that's a historical fact that's that's what parlor dance was about they were talking about different things that happened in 2020 and stuff and one of which was the black lives matter protests they would i mean are you upset because they talked about a thing that happened are you upset because they acknowledged racism exists and police brutality exists there are some people who who are angry and they were saying Oh, they shouldn't be doing these kinds of things on a family show. Oh, it's so terrible. What? Kids are not stupid, right? They they see these kinds of things happening in real life, you know? You telling me that, you know, no black kid, for example, has ever had to learn about racism the fucking hard way? Because I know they did. Because... I know they did, because that's, that's how a lot of, you know, kids that are minorities, they learn about racism, because they experience racism. So I really don't think that other kids seeing 
a dance routine that briefly mentions that racism exists, I don't think it's going to damage them in any way or or hurt them. Jesus, honestly. It's... To me, it just seems like a lot of people are really angry because real life interrupted what they saw as entertainment and they don't want to have to think about the fact that these are things that are happening in real life in the world around them and so they're like oh why does everything have to be so political well art often is and you kind of have to accept that like (laughs) because artistic things tend to come from the artist's experience if you have a dance group primarily made up of black people at some point they're gonna they're gonna perform something about racism because it comes from their own experiences and I don't feel that they should be silenced on that I don't feel they should be told no you can't talk about this you can't dance about this you can't create routines around these subjects like what and of course, coincidentally, it's the people that like to go around calling millennials and shit snowflakes who are crying about a a dance routine on TV that briefly acknowledges the existence of racism and they're crying about it. And I'm like, hmm, who's the snowflake now? Huh? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just... I, I genuinely, I don't understand what people's issue with this dance was. I've watched it now for myself. I watched it a couple times just to make sure I didn't miss nothing. I don't get it. I don't get what people are mad about. I don't get what they're angry about. It makes no sense to me. I thought it was a cute little routine. I thought it was, it was, it showed a lot of talent. Obviously, you know, these guys are obviously very talented. Otherwise, they wouldn't be you know, being brought back to perform on the show, but, you know, they were good, everything looked good in terms of, you know, choreography and everything, I thought it had a great message about, you know, holding on to the the things in life that are important, you know, maybe buying something new or spending hours commuting and sat in an office isn't the most important thing but your family and your friends and standing up for what's right that is important that is what I saw from that dance if you are seeing from a routine like that um if you basically if you feel attacked by something like that perhaps that says more about yourself and what you're thinking about yourself (laughs) you know what I mean um if you feel attacked when people talk about racism maybe i mean maybe that's a, a an issue you need to take up with yourself because i mean they didn't say they were talking about you did they you're the one that took it personally you're the one that applied all that to yourself hmm anyways but yeah I thought it was I thought it was good and I think it's a shame that there were so many complaints um but there seemed to be a lot more support for it from 
from the the public more people seem to be saying yeah this routine was actually really good and we enjoyed it than seem to be complaining so i think that's that's definitely a step in the right direction Dungarees on my darling, shirt as white as his sweetheart's soul. Gold flows across his shoulders. His diamond smile is just for me. And I'm the only girl in his arms all night. Honey, he's so heavenly. I've only ever had boys that didn't belong to me, but he's only got me on his mind and in his heart. I play with his buttons like he plays with my heart, and I feel the floor move with us, and he's the only boy in my life. looking through some old stuff I wrote um I found that and I was firstly I was shocked to discover I'd never actually read it on the podcast secondly because I haven't read it in a while I was shocked that I appear to have written it to be about a man and it's not um (laughs) yeah I'm serving you the behind the scenes tea here um no that was about a woman I think from what I can deduce, perhaps I was a bit worried about the idea of very openly writing a, a poem about being attracted to a woman at the time. Because I was still I was still going through it. I was still struggling a little. I was like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Um She was so beautiful. I was um I was at this uh this party. She she was, she was just dancing loads. I don't do that generally because I'm very awkward and I don't know how to do all those things. And so I just sort of stand there with a drink and look at other people and you know, <laughs> write poems. Um, I saw her and I just thought, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God you know, and I think she saw me looking at her, because I imagine I'm quite obvious when I do that, and she spoke to me, she sort of persuaded me to dance with her a bit, and I did a little bit, but I felt really awkward about it, and we talked a bit more, but I never really saw her again after that, but I wrote that while I was watching her. And I just thought, oh, I have a feeling I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, I suppose in a way I kind of do because, you know, I created that and 
immortalized it in a sense. Um, but yeah, wherever you are, dungarees go. I think about you a lot. <laughs> not in like a way you should be concerned about or nothing. Like I'm not going to try and find you. And even if I was, I have no sense of direction. So it's not like I'm going to be successful. But, you know. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's just it was just interesting looking back on older stuff and finding that and being like, oh, no, I know the true story behind that. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe I should rewrite it. But like. The truth. I'm going to do that and then I'll show you how it is next week. Oh, that's such a good idea. I love that. I love that for us gonna be a moment thank you for listening to sincerely jennifer with me jennifer wan if you want to find more of my work you can on my website jenniferwan.com or you can find me on social media twitter instagram facebook youtube reddit soundcloud and pretty much every social media website ever with the username miss j squared Thank you to my amazing top tier patron supporters, 